Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is, oh, oh, say it with me. Today is Friday. Woo. Uh, June 2nd. Here we are in June. And I'm back. I'm back home. Uh, if you're on video, you'll see I am out in the Grape Arbor. Um, I even have some flowers. It's, uh, yeah, how nice is that, right? Finally getting some flowers, getting some summertime. Though it's still been cool and rainy here in Santa Fe. Got big rain yesterday, uh, which is good. That's great. Rain is great. Um, it's always bodes well for us if we start the year with lots of cool and rain. And I haven't been on the podcast for quite a while. I think I mentioned before, it is the downside of me going to only Mondays and Fridays. Um, sorry. I've considered going back to Tuesdays and Thursdays as well, or maybe substituting, like, you know, still trying to get two days a week. I don't know. I'm not sure what the thing to do is, but I'm here for a while, so it's kind of a moot point. Uh, I definitely need to get my writing mojo back. I need to get really going on stuff. Um, as a quick aside, I will do a little earring update for those of you who are longtime watcher listeners and care about such things. I got these great earrings. Uh, when I was in Madison, Wisconsin at Wiscon, and if you are on video, ooh, getting some glare there from the sun, I don't know if we'll be able to get a good view of it. Uh, it's better back here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they are glass and they are kind of a jade green color. They had a farmer's market while we were there in Madison and this booth had all these great earrings and we debated for much time. Um, which would be the perfect ones and finally settled on these they are kind of a different color for me but green my favorite uh, Susan Lee was with me and I had the best time getting to know Susan Lee I had met her before because she is um, one of the people who was on the Kauai retreat with me and I had met her like a year before that and when they visited Santa Fe but this time was time that I really spent with Susan and we had rooms next to each other at the hotel. And so we were kind of ended up being conference buddies and she is just the best. She is delightful. She's like one of my new favoritest people. Um, and she is, I want to say an aspiring writer, except that she's had considerable writing success very early on. Um, her list of awards is impressive. She went to Clarion and an anthology. She had a story in, won the one world fantasy award and another story got like shortlisted for the British science fiction award. And now she is at thriller fest pitching, um, a really great sounding thriller, um, about art historians and She's got a couple of other manuscripts, one that's a fantasy and one's that a rom-com. And she took off 17 years to raise her kids. And now the older one is off to college and she's getting back into it. Uh, I 
you know, this thing where women pause their lives to raise the kids, right? So anyway, she was a delightful companion and uh, made the con. WizCon was fun. Um, not a conference I would have gone to on my own. Uh, and I'm told it was still like not up to pre-pandemic levels. They are taking hiatus in 2024, but are determined to be back in 2025. So we'll see. But I went because my friends were going, uh, flew into Chicago and went to um, Marianne Maharaja's house on Wednesday evening for dinner. And Marianne organized just this fabulous dinner party for us, um, invited some local people. And then there were a few of us there, including the lovely Susan. And, um, and I got to meet Ben Rosenbaum, who went with us to Wisconsin and is a longtime friend of Marianne's. And I hadn't known uh, Ben before, but he was, um, yeah, really fun to talk to. And it was one of those perfect dinner parties, right? I, I miss those. Um, those are just the best kind where you have a small group of people, all of whom are super smart and super interesting and have great stuff to stay, say. And, you know, we lingered there over the table for quite some time. And it was, yeah, just a fabulous evening. I haven't seen Mausers jumping around over in the corner there. Uh, it's probably time for the annual spring rodent onslaught. Alas. So, um, they get very used to being out here when I am not around. Uh, I have considerable garden cleanup here to do now that I'm finally done with all of my traveling and here for a little while. Hope to get a lot of that done over the next couple of weeks, which is a pleasurable task. Very good for um, centering the self and so forth. Um, other things about Wiscon, you know, one thing about Wiscon that was nice was I was on four panels, um, but other than that, I had very little responsibility. And it makes me realize how much I normally pack into my conference schedules. Uh, those of you out there who are writers and do this same shtick, you know what I mean. Like, even though you end up having like lots of meals and drinks with people, a lot of times it just feels very packed. And I had um, a couple of long conversations with Arlie Sorg, uh, who is wonderful and delightful and interesting. We hung out some at World Fantasy and and he was at Nebula Conference, and then we got to have more downtime at this conference to talk. And Arlie is the editor of, and maybe founder of Fantasy Magazine. He writes for Locus, and now he is starting out as a junior agent at KT Literary with Sarah Megabo uh, mentoring him. So if you are querying if you are interested in looking for agents and you all know that I often give the advice that a young and hungry agent who is building their client list is a great opportunity to go with uh, definitely consider Arlie at KT Literary uh, but Arlie and I were talking about how Wiscon was so laid back how we normally have our schedules and we were riffing on it and joking you know it's like and he said this, which made me laugh. He's like, yeah, it's like when you have the coffee date and you say, okay, I can meet you at 
3.15 for coffee, but the coffee has to be ordered already. We can't wait for it to arrive because I have to be out of there by 3.25. <laughs> it's like, you know, sometimes it's, it's actually that bad. So when we ran into each other in the lobby and I went over and gave him a hug and he's like, I didn't expect you to be here. Didn't we just see each other at Nebula's? And I said, same. And he said, well, this must be nice for you because it's like a little vacation. He said, because you have no responsibility here. And, and I realized it was true. Um, I went because my friends wanted me to go. It wasn't particularly a great professional opportunity. Although one thing that was really nice was a lot of people came up to me and expressed appreciation for what we're doing at CIFWA, thanked me for the work that I do, which is really nice. Um, it's, it's one of those things I don't normally get unless I'm out circulating in public. And it's funny because people always preface it by saying, I know it's a thankless job. And it's like, you know, actually I get thanked quite often, which is, it's wonderful that people think of it. Uh, and Susan was making fun of me later. She was telling, we, we got to meet up with my stepsister, Hope, um, and her husband, Galen, who by incredible coincidence were in Madison the same weekend that I was, cause they live in Tucson. Uh, and so Hope was asking how the conference was going and Susan came with me. We went and had drinks out on the University of Wisconsin Terrace by the lake and listened to all these young bands play, like each had a half hour set. Someone come up from Chicago, uh, sat there and drank draft beer in the warm summer evening. And it was, it was glorious and also something I don't do very often. We sat there all night. Uh, well, at least till like midnight. Uh, but Hope asked how the conference was going and Susan was saying, oh yeah, it's interesting to walk around with Jeffy because every other person comes up to her and is all like, oh, you're so wonderful. It's so great to meet you. Thank you for being CIFWA president. And I'm like, it's not that bad. And Susan's like, it's almost that bad. <laughs> uh, so, but that was gratifying. Uh, but yeah, otherwise Arlie was spot on that I really didn't have, um, I wasn't responsible for anything that went right or wrong. And I, um, yeah, I, I hung out with people a whole lot and had long conversations in a way I don't normally get to because of like the 10 minute coffee date where you have to make sure the coffee's already ordered. So, so it was great. Um, there were a, a bit of drama going on, but other than that, it was, uh, it was a good time. It was a good break. Uh, I did a little bit of writing while I was there every day, mostly to keep my hand in. And because I did have some time to write, my concentration wasn't great. So now I'm back in the mode of trying to amp up my word count. Um, I'm still writing on Onera. I think this may be the epistolary romance that I was considering. Uh, it's, it's coming out now. Um, and I'm about, I'm just finishing the first scene. So I'm at like 12,000 words. I'm going to finish writing this freaking book. I'm going to write the whole thing. Uh, I had a brief moment of panic yesterday because as you all know, or longtime listeners know, we are out on sub with the amethyst run. And, uh, one of my friends was asking me about it. She said, well, it's, have you heard anything? It's been nearly a month. Uh, you know, and trad publishing is moving so slowly these days, Arg, and which was all sympathy for me. I, I don't mean to 
to be making fun of her at all. But I was like, well, actually it's been three weeks and that feels reasonable. I, I'm not too con, I'm not too head up about it. Chat publishing is moving slowly, but you know, so it goes. Uh, so, um, <laughs> sorry, I started thinking about something else there. But so yesterday I heard from agent Sarah and she sent me feedback from one of the editors that was, um, it's, it's one of those good, bad things, uh, first feedback and, and she loves it. She loves it, which is, that's the good, right? She said actually that she's obsessed with the characters and that it promises to be a high octane adventure and she loves everything about it. But I bet you authors out there know what's coming. Um, she was sad it was only a partial and she wants, she wanted to know if she could read the full manuscript, which <laughs> no, because it's not fucking written. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, I don't, <laughs> sorry, I have to process that for a moment. It's, um, Sarah said, I just wanted to check to see if you'd written any more on it. She's very, she, she's asking this in a absolutely non-pressure way. The pressure all comes from me when she said, I was checking to see if you've written more on it. Um, but I know that you have your indie deadlines. She's very respectful of that. And it's like, well, you know, not actually, am I, not only did I not write more on this, I'm not writing on anything to meet my indie deadlines either. I'm writing on this thing that fell on me from out of the sky. Um, <laughs> I'm so, I feel so irresponsible, really. This is so not like me. And all of my friends that I talk to about this, when they ask me what I'm writing, which so many of them do, I have this wonderful set of friends, you know, they're like, what are you writing on? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm writing on this Onira book that I shouldn't be writing and I don't know where it's going or what I'm doing with it. And, and they're like, well, it, clearly it needs to be written. You know, you have to write it. And it's like, okay. Yeah. They all say that to me. Nobody is saying you should stop writing this or write on the thing you're supposed to be writing. Cheers. So, um, I told Sarah, I wrote back and said, no, <laughs> I have not written any more on that book. And, what I, and I said, frankly, it hadn't occurred to me because, and I really feel like this is salient. Um, when we sold the forgotten empires to St. Martin's, uh, I had written like a hundred pages of the orchid throne and I had originally written it, um, with Leah's point of view in first person and Khan's point of view in third person. And I'd surveyed people on how to do this alternating. And after we sold it, I asked my editor, Jenny Conway, who's since left, which is unfortunate because she was really a good editor. I asked her, well, you know, do you have any suggestions for, you know, before I finished writing this? And she said, oh yes, I think it should be alternating first person. I think you should write Con's point of view in first person too. And I was like, okay. Um, which ended up, I've talked, I talked about this at the time. It ended up being a lot of work. Um, and it's, it's really important to dwell on it. And maybe I should talk about it more some other time since it's been a few years. Cause that was what, 2017, five, six years. Oh my God. Yeah. 2017 that we sold that book. Um, it's not a matter of just swapping out pronouns, which is what some people say. And it drives me up the wall. Uh, 
changing to first person point of view from third required an extensive, I basically had to rewrite those chapters. Um, and it was better. Her instinct was correct. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of work. So it's like when you sell a book to a publishing house, I mean, maybe they don't want to change it, but what if they do? And also, do you want to finish writing the book if you don't know if they're going to buy it? But all of you authors out there who are still selling to tra traditional publishing, you are nodding your heads at me because this is the thing now, right? Publishing houses don't want to buy on spec. They want the full manuscript. And it's so frustrating. Uh, you know, and it's like, at this point, I have 64 published titles, which Marianne has trained me to tell people because it, she's like, it does make a difference. Uh, Marianne is great. She's teaching me to speak up more, which I know all of you find this hard to believe, but when I'm in groups of people, I don't like to fight to be heard. And Marianne was actually stopped conversation at one point. And she said, Jeffy, I feel like that you are not an interrupter. And, but I want you to know that you should speak up and say things. She said, cause I know with me and Ben and Alex that a lot of people feel like they can't get a word in edgewise. And I'm like, well, it's not that I don't feel like I can. It's just that I don't like to fight to be heard. You know, if people don't want to hear what I have to say, then I'm not going to make them listen. And she said, I understand that. She said, but you should speak up once in a while just so that people know how fabulous you are and they know what fabulousness they're missing if they don't listen, which was that lovely of her to say. So I'm, I'm trying to be better about this. Some of this is my Western training growing up in the Western US. Uh, my conversational pacing is slower. And so I don't always hit the, uh, <coughs> the same insertion points conversationally anyway um so yeah the full manuscript thing um you know you would think that because i've written so many books now that they would believe that i know how to land the plane that i can finish a book and i know how to land it and so i suggested to agent sarah i said we could show her one of my other books and you know demonstrate that i do know how to land the plane but i know that that won't make a difference um, why is this the thing now? I don't know. There's different theories. Um, some people think that it's because of the sales team, that the sales team wants the whole book so that they can, you know, like try to market it to the movie studios or, you know, for streaming and that kind of thing. And they need, uh, you know, they want the whole thing for that. Uh, someone else suggested that it's because there's been so much turnover in traditional publishing that these younger editors don't necessarily see the trajectory. Whereas the most, the more experienced editors will look at a hundred pages. They'll look at the synopsis and they'll say, oh, okay. So is the art going to be this or this? They can, they, they can intuit where the story is going. Um, and maybe younger editors don't have that same skill. Uh, maybe they want the whole property in hand because so many um, authors like during pandemic and that kind of thing failed to finish. And so they don't want to buy something that might not finish. Uh, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is the first feedback. 
I did go through a brief panic mode of thinking, should I just drop everything and finish writing this book? Um, and I did look at it and I said to Sarah, I said, you know, best case scenario, and this would be absolute best case scenario. I could finish it by like the second week in July. Uh, and I, it might not go that fast. So, but then I thought, and one of my friends that I was sharing this with, she said, so are you going to drop everything and try to crank this out? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm going to try to finish Onera um, while Onera wants to be written. And we'll see what Sarah says. So that's my update. Uh, cross your fingers that hopefully someone else will just want to buy the partial um, or buy it off of the partial. Otherwise, I may end up, uh, I don't know. You hate to finish writing the whole book without a guarantee, but I suppose I could always self-publish it, right? It is a fun story, and I would probably keep going with it. So, uh, yeah, I hope that uh, you all have been doing well. I've missed talking to you, uh, missed hearing your comments back. I will be here now, and uh, I'm loving all of you who are coming and joining the Patreon and Discord. It's great talking to people there. And it's turning into this really great supportive community. So I love that. So uh, I hope you all have a great weekend. And I will talk to you on Monday. You all take care. Bye-bye.